0: Losing to the Falcons yesterday by two. I've seen a lot of people here, blankers, talk about the season's over after this loss, or this is a, an example of the same old Texans, or the Texans are not, you know, where we thought that they were. Frankly, for me, this doesn't change how I feel about the Texans whatsoever. Like it's a, it's a, it was a winnable game. The spread was relatively even. Uh, the Falcons. I think that both of these teams are teams that are going to win between seven to nine games. I think the Falcons can be competitive in a poor division. I think the Texans have a chance to be competitive in a poor division. I think both of these teams have a chance to win a poor division. I still think the Texans do. Them losing at Atlanta yesterday does not change the way I feel about them. I still think that the Texans enter the bye at three and three that they still have a shot, a shot at winning the AFC South. And that performance yesterday doesn't change the way I feel about you know their offensive side of the ball. I already knew that they couldn't run. I already knew that C.J. Stroud's pretty good, especially for a rookie. I already knew that they need Dell on the football field. And then defensively, I already knew that they don't have the depth to be on the football field for. 73 plays in about 36 minutes. This is a team that can compete with almost everybody. Like, I don't think they can compete with Kansas City, San Francisco, teams like that. But I expect them to be in every single game. You know, they lost a close game yesterday. Did nothing to change my opinion about them yesterday. And I still believe, especially if they can beat the Saints at home, I still believe the Texans enter the bye three and three. They're a team that can compete for the AFC South. Yesterday's game does not change the way I feel about the Texans whatsoever.
1: Me either. And this is the thing. I came into the season. I was the biggest pessimist of all of us in saying that I thought they were only going to win four games. I'm juiced. I'm excited. I'm seeing a quarterback I didn't expect to see. I'm seeing, you know, a coaching staff that has it all together for the most part. And they're, they're, Fully capable of playing modern-day NFL football the right way on both sides of the ball. The roster's getting better. The young talent is developing. They're showing you right in front of our eyes, week to week, that they are going to be good football players and that this roster is going to be solid and it's going to continue to get better. But because you got such a head start and pushed the kind of cart forward quickly on the rebuild and you got a little ahead of schedule... People start losing their minds on one win or one loss and they're, they're prisoners of the moment now even more so than they were previously when you got to just kind of take a step back and realize this team has made so many advancements you didn't expect already. This team is doing so many things and putting you in a position. You, who thought we were going to be having conversations about this team winning the division this year more than a quarter of the way through the season? I mean, it's a road game road road places are tough places for the NFL for any team to win anyway and you didn't get your doors blown off and your quarterback led you on a drive late in the game to give you the lead yeah you could have made some different defense, defensive decisions and you you know that's something that you can point a finger at but at, by no way shape or form should you be turning your back on this football team or being disappointed or thinking that they are, they're not there yet they're making great progress.
0: You, did it change the way you felt about the Texans yesterday's loss seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six? I don't think the Texans played anywhere close to their best, and, I, and I'm not. I don't want to do the moral victory thing. Oh, the bright spots of a of a loss. Texans are, are better than having those conversations. I think, uh, quite frankly. But whenever you go on the road and you're in a game that you could have won, I'm not going to say should have won, but but definitely could have won, and you had the lead with under two minutes to play, you get a defensive stop, you come home with a three and two record. I do think it's critical to get to three and three before the bye if you have like aspirations of of winning the division. But the Texans also aren't a team that's like. Division winning good. The reason that we consider the Texans to be in contention for the divisions because the AFC South ain't great, mm-hmm. uh, quite frankly. Like, they went into Jacksonville. They beat Jacksonville handedly on the road. Uh, the Colts are going to be without Anthony Richardson for a while. Titans lost to the Colts. It is interesting, though, that Jacksonville beats Buffalo, pretty convincingly, I thought, uh, in uh, over at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And I asked a question on Twitter, too, because I'm curious how people feel about that Jacksonville game. Like, are we giving credit for Jacksonville beating the Buffalo Bills, a contender to win the AFC, or are we going to chalk up that entire game to jet lag? Like, what is the ratio there? Because both are factors, mm-hmm. but how much credit do you give Jacksonville for beating Buffalo at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium?
1: I think they still beat a good football team. I watched uh, uh, that, that bits and pieces of that game to where ETN looked really, really good. I think that they, you know, again, I I do think that it does play a factor that they were there for a second straight week. They were settled in. They didn't have to deal with all the, the pomp circumstances and hoopla and the change in time zones and everything that the Bills did. But the Bills are still a really good football team, and at the end of the year, they should be one of the teams contending to win the AFC. So I give them credit for beating the Bills, but I do think the outside factors did factor into that. But one of the biggest factors was Jacksonville got their crap together. They played way better than they played against the Texans. They were able to do some things in the run game that I, I think previously they were having some problems with. And Lawrence looked good. So, I, look, I, I think Jacksonville to me still has you know a big leap to go to get into that same category as you know the the Bills and the Chiefs and the upper echelon of the AFC. Jacksonville's a good football team, and the Texans should get a lot of credit for beating them.
0: Yeah, see, it's interesting because Jacksonville beat up on on Buffalo. And I do think that part of it's the jet lag, and, you know, it's a pretty big home foot advantage for Jacksonville. But Jacksonville still beat Buffalo, which you went into Jacksonville and beat Jacksonville. And then Pittsburgh beat Baltimore. Like, the NFL's weird. That one I didn't see coming. The NFL, and they, Baltimore just couldn't move the football. It was bizarre. But it goes to show you the NFL is but, weird. But, but the Houston Texans are like, they're now, like, not that they're AFC, like, upper echelon because they're not, but they're a mediocre AFC team now. where. It, you know, A year ago, the two years previously, they were they were seller dwellers in the AFC. They were
1: one of the two worst teams in the NFL for multiple years. And now suddenly, people are going to be critical of a team that's relevant again. That's making uh, people nationally take notice and talk positively again. That's the kind of thing that you should be focused on. The fact that we didn't know what Stroud was going to be. And now every indication is, you got your guy. And the fact that we knew D'Amico was the guy that everybody wanted... But then there were still questions. Well, this is his first go-round. Is he going to be ready for primetime? Is he going to be able to handle everything? He's handling it. Slowick is handling it. The the young players that, that, that Casario has drafted look to be real true players that are going to be around for a while. And so there's plenty of positives to go around without saying, yeah, one loss. Look, again, I go back to this. You didn't get embarrassed or annihilated. You were in the football game. Both teams had a lot to be desired offensively. But the fact of the matter is, you did what you were supposed to do late in the game, too, on your last of possession. You scored a touchdown.
0: I thought Atlanta was pretty good offensively, didn't they? I didn't be, think so. They racked up over 400 yards. Ritter threw for over 300. I think
1: they just over-focused on the run. I think Ritter, Yeah, he, I didn't expect Ritter to be that good. I'll tell you that. But I, I do think that we talked about this going into that game. I think their skill position players on offense, yeah. besides Bijan Robinson,
0: are plenty good. You, you you put up 447 yards though in the NFL. That's a good day at the but office. But their play calling to me could have been better. <sighs> I, I'm, I not gonna, I'm not going to I'm not going to be mad at 447 yards, period. Like they would have scored more yeah. had it not been two turnovers and after those two yeah. turnovers they scored on every single one of their last three drives. I thought that they were good offensively. Yeah, I do really think, good. I think
2: the book is out on the Texans a little bit. Like when you look at the Falcons game and then the Colts game, like the short passes, the Texans don't get enough pressure. And I maybe it's not good enough man coverage or well, tight enough coverage. Like, just feels like they were just dinking, dunking for the most part down the I, field. I, I think
0: it is fair to mention that the Texans were without like their best corner, absolutely, and then like their third and fourth best corner as well. They didn't yes. have Thomas. Shaq Griffin missed the game. Obviously, they don't have Derek Stingley, so you could take advantage of their secondary in that game a, a lot, and they did. And I still think that the Texans have a long way to go in their linebacker room in terms of talent. Now, the pressure the pressures is a really interesting conversation because the Texans didn't rack up tons of pressure. I think it was because they were so focused on the run game. They sold out to stop the run game, and they did. Like They held Atlanta to under 100 yards on 36 carries. That's a good day defensively against the run. Problem is you give up 350 yards through the air. And some of that's secondary. Some of that's game plan. Some of that's not generating a pass rush, which, you know, you can talk about Grenard. You can talk about Will Anderson. I'm talking about scheme. Like, how many guys you send into Desmond Ritter? How many. Uh, Stunts are you pulling in that game? They didn't pull a whole lot. Like it was a pretty conservative game plan that was geared specifically to stop the run from D'Amico. I
1: think that's true. I think that to Joe's point, though, watching that final drive, it looked almost like at times that they were like falling into like a prevent zone. They were just kind of the last play that sealed the deal that got the the, the big chunk play that put him in solidified field goal position. Two different receivers were in the area and three different defenders were standing around just kind of looking around over their shoulder like, is the ball coming soon? And it was already delivered, and I was just wondering what they were doing defensively.
0: Yeah, they were. They set back in a pretty soft zone, and they got picked apart by Desmond Ritter, who has never done that in his NFL career. He took advantage of a secondary that was beat up and took, took advantage of some, some, some soft, soft zone coverage. Uh, you give up 329 yards to Desmond Ritter, you're probably not going to win a football game.
2: I mean, going into the game, like... We're, They were talking about or having to answer questions about who's your starting quarterback. Yep. Like, people were asking, is it time for Taylor Heineke? It was on social media, like, after the first drive. I asked the beat writer on Friday. Like, are we going to see Heineke this game after, like, the first drive the Falcons had? And then he carved you up like he was an NFL elite quarterback. Yeah.
0: It was poor secondary. You, you, you got to have some better talent out there. Seven three zero five. Will Anderson is Brooks Reed reincarnated? And that's an insult. Uh, a pretty big insult. Seven five eight four. I'm discouraged by the run game with Titus and Laramie coming back. And also, where was Nico? We desperately needed uh, to get a wide receiver. One, two things there. Atlanta's focus was obviously to have a quiet Nico game. And then when Tank Dell got got hurt, missed the second half. That kind of limits your creativity offensively. And now you can even spend more attention on Nico Collins. Uh, Also, the Houston Texans are going to be a team with C.J. Stroud that they're going to throw to what the defense has given you. They're going to throw to the open man. And Atlanta has enough talent where they can kind of take a Nico Collins out of the game. And I think
1: that we talked about this previously, and I had brought up the fact that from week to week, you're going to have to get more out of someone different because you know as teams study film and they realize Nico's been a huge part of of C.J.'s success. So you know defenses are going to key on him more, and they're going to try and take him out of your offense. And and you're going to need Woods to contribute. You're going to need more from Tank Dell as much as they use him in so many different ways. I think you're going to need to there's going to be games where you're going to need to focus on him in the past game exploit with his speed to do some things and I'm curious tank was the concussion was that on the play that he saved at the the final catch of the final drive when they ruled it incomplete and then they ruled it a catch.
0: He caught it, yeah, and that was yeah. This player got hurt. That's where he got hurt. The field, yeah. I, I was hoping that he fell on the ball and knocked the breath out of him, but. No, he landed on his head. Pretty nasty. Uh, He's in the concussion protocol. Who knows his status coming up against the Saints? I can't imagine he'd play. Uh, 8143, still have the same feeling about the Texans. Just made me mad. They were one loss on my uh, 14 parlay. That is tough. I hate that for you. Uh, 8693, this is a developmental season for everyone involved. Consistent development is all I care about this season. I'm right there with you, 8693. Uh, but because I do think the division's lousy and the Texans, with a weak schedule, are capable of winning between seven to nine games, I'm I'm rooting for the Texans to win the division, make a run in it, at least be in the hunt towards the end. Here's what I
1: think, Jeremy. I think it's fair to say that you're mad at the Texans because you're disappointed they, got, they lost a the game they could have won. But don't be mad or disappointed that the Texans aren't there yet or aren't what you— you know we're expecting them to be or believing that they could be based on the first four games of the season because none of that's changed that, that that team is still there that talent level is still there that coaching staff and everybody involved in this team is still there you just lost the football game on the road
0: Lost football game on the road to a team that I think can win the NFC South. I think that the I think the Falcons and the Texans are equals. Like I think that they Falcons are a little bit more talent. I think Stroud is a better quarterback, although Ritter played better than Stroud yesterday. And I think both of them were capable of winning seven to nine games and in a bad division, that puts them in contention at the end of the year.
1: I think the Saints might have gotten some things figured out.
0: They're playing a lousy team?
1: No, they beat the Patriots they beat the doors off the Patriots. You don't think they're a lousy team? I think I think I don't think they're anywhere near Patriots teams of the past. No. But I think that you build momentum with you got you know you got a a situation where you got your key players into the game more, you got them into the offense more. Carr gets some confidence. I think that's a team that the the Texans have to be careful with.
0: Yeah, I mean careful, sure, but I think the Patriots are a lousy team. I think they could finish with the worst record in the NFL because they're lousy. Do you
1: really think they're that they're
0: bad? bad? They're, they're bad. Mac Jones is Mac awful. Jones is not they're good. They're getting nothing offensively. The defense isn't very good. They have zero skill. It's one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Yeah, I do think they're that bad. Uh, 713-780-3776. Let's give C.J. Stroud a grade for his performance yesterday. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN two five.
1: Before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend, Doc Linville. Doc Linville, best in the business at the Neograph procedure. If you don't know what it is, but you have pattern baldness or you're going bald and losing your hair and you don't think there's anything you can do, figure out what the neograft procedure is in a hurry because it can help you. It's a game changer. Just go to 975hair.com right now, and it'll give you all the information on the neograft. and because you're a listener to ESPN 97.5, right there on the website when you go to 975hair.com, you can sign up for your first appointment to go in and have a consultation with Doc Lindville and his staff. It's absolutely free. It normally costs 150 bucks. No obligation to you. No signing on the dotted line. Nothing out of pocket. No commitment. All you do is get questions answered and find out if the procedure could be right for you. It was right for me. Doc Lindville called me, said, I want to sit down and talk to you. I want to explain what the procedure is. So you, you know, you, we put to get, put to bed the misnomers and you can get the real facts and see if you might be interested. I was, I did it. I could not be happier with it. And you could be the next in line to get it, too, because it works. It's your own hair, people. That's what I'm telling you why it's so great. It's not the sprays and the creams and the foams that mask the problem. It's actually your own, your own hair taken from where genetically you're never going to lose it. And I'm, I'm sorry to, if you didn't know this before because I didn't, but I'm happy to be the one to tell you. You're never going to lose the hair on the sides and the back of your head, no matter how bald you go in other areas. He takes some of that hair. He puts it where you need it most. It grows. It gets stronger. It gets longer. It stays with you for the long haul, and it's the answer to your problems. Check him out and tell him I sent you by because I think he's the best in the business at doing it, and he's right here in Houston, Texas. Go to 975hair.com.
0: All right, what do we make of uh, C.J. Stroud? He's blank. I'm Branham. Uh, we've been giving golf grades to C.J. Stroud all throughout the year. Yes, numbers, if you're a numbers guy, 20 for, 30, uh, 20 for 35. Two hundred and forty-nine yards, a touchdown, no picks. Still has not thrown a pick in his NFL career. Holds the record for the most completions for a rookie without a pick, or the most completions to start a career without a pick. Also, the most attempts as a uh, to, without throwing a pick in an NFL career. QBR fifty-three and a half. His quarterback rating eighty-eight point nine. What did you uh, What did you think? We'll save the graves to the end. What did you think of C.J. Stroud's performance yesterday? Some things that you liked, some things you didn't. I
1: liked what C.J. Stroud was able to do. I like the fact that you're still, again, dealing with a makeshift offensive line. You're you're on the road. There's, they're a pretty good defense. And, and, and I, you know what? He still had the possibilities of a couple of picks. He still threw a couple that you wish that he didn't do that you probably figure he wishes he had back. But overall... Yeah, he missed some throws, but every quarterback's going to miss some throws, but he didn't do anything to lose the game for you in my opinion. You know what? He's 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 executing the plays. He's he's taking you on the drive at the end of the halves uh, on both halves where he did his job. He got he he got last minute drives to turn into points, which you're supposed to do. And I think that you continue to see his development and the maturity that goes with it getting comfortable in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I thought Stroud played well, uh, considering all the factors Uh, like Atlanta dropping eight into coverage on third and longs. You know, the Texans didn't have great answers on that, but you, you really don't have great answers for a defense that's dropping eight into coverage when you're looking at third and sevens and third and eights like that's not going to have a very high percentage of uh, converting the third down. So I, I saw some people kind of critical of his third down performance where he's actually been really good in his career on third downs, but being behind the change did not help him. Um, I, I thought that he was fairly accurate. I thought he was more accurate this week than he was last week, just going off the eye test. Like last week he was missing some throws. He was throwing some balls behind receivers, uh, things like that, where I didn't see as much of that this week. A lot of people – Last week, we're also saying, well, what does he look like in a two-minute drive down by X amount of points? Well, he kind of answered that, didn't he? They had, they were down. He had a two-minute drive that they kind of treated more like a four-minute offense than mm-hmm. a two-minute offense because their defense was gassed and they didn't want them back on the field. And C.J. Stroud led that drive, a very good-looking drive, put his team ahead when they were trailing in the final two minutes of a game. The defense just couldn't close it out for him. He's also done it at the end of halves of the last two games, in the first half, I thought they were a little bit too conservative, trying to kick the field goal instead of going for the touchdown. But in a drive first half uh, yesterday, deep Play in their own, or clock management, both cr- kind of, yeah, clock management bothered me. I didn't like that they when they took their final timeout. But anyways, C.J. Stroud into first half yesterday led a scoring drive end of second half yesterday, led a touchdown drive that gave them the lead. Now too much time on the clock, and Atlanta would come come back and get that field goal to win the game. He also did it in the first half of last week's game against Pittsburgh. In the first half, led a scoring drive at the end of the half. So I love that C.J. Stroud is scoring on the final possessions of halves. That, that, that excites me. That gives me some encouragement about a young quarterback. I thought that he made mostly good decisions, uh, quite frankly. Like, there was times when they were trailing early fourth quarter, whenever Atlanta took the lead, where he's throwing the ball away in a third and three. And it's like, Uh, I don't like seeing that, but that's good.
1: Yeah. The Arthur Smith pumping his fist, getting all excited on the sideline third and two, and he, he ate it. I mean, he made the right decision. That's tough because a lot of quarterbacks want to be the hero and make a big play there, and that's where you turn the ball over.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, like, those are little moments like that where that's maturity to me. Like, we're a young quarterback. Well, I got to get it back here. My team just gave up the lead. I really need to get the lead here. And it's like, well, you still got 11 minutes to play. Sure, you would like that, but the worst thing you could do is you throw a pick here, and, you know, easy touchdown drive, and now you're down by two possessions. So I thought for the most part, uh, that Stroud did pretty good. What did you think? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Uh What do you think, Joe George, of the game of C.J. Stroud? I thought
2: he was solid. I, at some point, like, I want him to be a little more aggressive, I think. Like I, I appreciate the lack of interceptions, but if they're not giving you much, like, they need to take a few more risks. Now, part of that is they definitely don't have... The, the superb talent on the outside that's going to help you do that but if you're not getting anything and you're on all these third and sevens and and longer mm-hmm. you're gonna have to take some more risk down the field because you know it's one thing you know like last week you know six scoring six of ten times but now over the last two weeks like you're, you're settling for field goals way too much as an offense and and like we all know they are capable of doing more than that so I think they need to be a little more aggressive. But I thought it was pretty good. Like it, it was funny watching that last drive. You're like, okay, like this is this is it. Like well, I guess not even. Like they had the first drive where they go three and out, then they go three and out again, and then he makes the drive down the field. So I thought he was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I disagree on the be more aggressive whenever you're in a third and eight facing an eight man Sometimes. defense. I think that games, I think that the situation of the game matters, but the Texans were never down by multiple possessions. So if you're never down by multiple possessions and you still have time on the clock where you're going to get multiple possessions, I don't think that you should be willy nilly with the football into eight man drop coverages. That's fair. Yeah. So, like, I would agree with you if they're down 14. It's like you've got to make something happen. If you throw an interception, who cares you're down by 14? It's kind of the Yiner Diaz pinch hitting for Martin Maldonado in the fifth inning when you're down by five runs. Who cares if Yiner Diaz gets hurt? You're down, but you're chasing five runs. So uh, a couple of texts here, 713-780-3776, 8693. Actually feel better. Uh, CJ taking the lead late was nasty, so definitely feel better about CJ. It was a nice drive. Um, a couple of others, six, seven, six, one, maybe I'm in the minority, but I'm super pumped up about what I saw yesterday from CJ Stroud. We knew this team wasn't going to be elite this year, but we're seeing improvement and we have what appears to be the most important position of sports figured out. I would agree with that. All right, Blankers, what are you giving uh, Stroud in your golf grade here?
1: I'm going to give him a par. I'm going to give him a par because I-, I I saved the birdies and the Eagles and the big time stuff. If you make the big time plays and you win the football game, I think he did enough to where he didn't. Do anything to deserve a bogey or worse because he didn't lose the game for them. He didn't make mistakes that were costing them. I just think that if he had gotten the win, you know, that would be something I would consider to maybe go higher than that. But I think he he was better than fine. He was good. He did what he had to do behind another makeshift offensive line, and I'll, I'll give him a par and think that, that that he it was a solid par that he
0: he deserved. All right, Joe.
2: I'm gonna give him a par, but if he had a better caddy on Sunday, he would have had a birdie. Because I felt like Bobby Sloak didn't give him any help there. So Yeah, it's a bar.
0: I thought Slowick regressed a little bit from what I saw the previous week. I, 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 they uh,
2: didn't adjust, and and D'Amico as well. I think on both sides of the ball, like I feel like they did not adjust well at all in this game and make any big time changes to try to like you contain the run. That's great, but like Desmond Ritter's eating you up. Yeah. Same side, like they kept trying to run the ball on first down, and like, it's just not working. Like you, you got to make a change mid game. Or you're going to lose a close game like that. You kicked way too many field goals, so I, I give him a par. But like the final drive was impressive.
0: I give uh, CJ a par as well. If the to your caddy point, I'm actually putting the caddy as the defense because the defense gets to stop there. CJ Stroud gets a birdie for me. He led the game-winning drive. He didn't make mistakes. He beat a decent team on the road. That would have been a birdie for me if the defense would have helped them out. But because you still didn't win the game, I can't give birdies to a team that loses or to a quarterback that loses the football game. So I'm giving Stroud a par as well. To Joe's point too, don't you think that
1: defensively, one of the adjustments could have been made? That I know they were focused on the run, but they were so hyper. They were getting into the backfield. They were getting on the edges. They were they were getting multiple guys behind the line of scrimmage that I felt like they could have dialed up in the second half some more blitz packages and put some more pressure on. Hundred percent.
0: Like, I'm, I'm even willing to concede just the final drive. Like even if you want to do that for the entire second half, fine. I understand that. I thought the final drive they should have been. They should have attacked. Him. Yeah,
2: if Bijan's going to beat you on the final drive of the game, it yeah. is what it is. Like you've contained him the entire game. He's already one of the most special players in the NFL. Like we clearly saw that. If if Bijan Robinson's going to run all over you on that last drive, that's fine. But plus they're running you, a you, lot of got clock got every got time it. they run it. Exactly. You got to turn up the heat. Yep. at some point, and, like, they just don't. Because, like, Will Anderson I thought was good in this game, but, like, it was very – it was too clowny for me. Like, it was too much, like, all of his impact plays were on the, in the run game. Yeah. Not enough in the pass game.
0: I thought they should have dialed up some blitzes against – make Ritter – like, if you're committed to the stopping the run game, cool. Like, they're not going to run the ball in that spot when you're they have it at the 25 and they have to put together a game-winning drive, and Ritter's been the hot hand. Like, go, go get them. I, I agree that the uh, – I didn't think the adjustments were great. Eight eight zero four. I give Shroud a birdie because he gave them the opportunity to win. Got to win it. Got to yep, win it though. Two three zero four. Tony. I said it last week that I was waiting to see him perform in the clutch when the game is on the line. That's exactly what he did yesterday. So he's checking nine out of ten boxes for me so far. Seven zero zero seven. CJ did his job. That's all you can ask for your rookie quarterback. I- I'm not grading him as a rookie. He's already better than like it's disrespectful to grade him as a rookie. He's much better than that. I, mean, I think
1: history. the advances that he made as soon as he made him, it's fair to the discussion that we had early on when you asked the question, when do you just grade him or evaluate him based on how he stacks up to the rest of the league? He's there yet. based on He's there already based on the fact that he already looks like he gets it, and he's he's mature beyond what I thought he was going to be.
0: Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Time for us to hand out some game balls. Who are you giving game balls to from yesterday's NFL performances? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer bees. ESPN. and ESPN 92.5.
1: Hey, right now, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. Apollo Men's Health is handling things and changing everything for you from a day-to-day basis so that you don't have to struggle with the same things that have been bothering you lately and maybe for far too long. From the boardroom to the weight room to the bedroom, as you get older, you experience more issues, have more problems than you're used to dealing with, and you don't think that there's any solutions that can be viable to get you to feeling great and getting more things done. This is where Apollo Men's Health can come in because everything from weight loss to more energy on a daily basis to recovering quicker from the gym or getting to be able to chart the results you get at the gym to know that you're actually making a difference. It's all right there at Apollo Men's Health. Go to their website. See what I'm talking about. Go to ApolloMH.com. Check out all the services they offer. If there's a few that you think might be able to benefit you, sign up right there for your first appointment. Most major insurance is accepted. There's discounts for military personnel and first responders. Mention my name, Joel Blank. Free B12 shot on your first official visit or a body composition analysis, which charts your progress and all those key numbers from your body fat going down, your muscle mass going up, and all those numbers making sense. It's something that you should do every so often so you can know that you're making progress and it's actually actually working when you're at the gym. Maybe you're interested in semi-glutide, which is the hot thing right now. It's FDA approved. It can have you losing up to six pounds every week, and you don't even have to go to the gym. Check it out. Ask them about it. Get that information while you're there. Tell them I sent you by. Free B12 shot or a body composition analysis on your first official visit. But go see them regardless because they're going to make a difference for you like they did for me. Go see my friends at Apollo Men's Health.
0: Houston, the showdown of the year is almost here. Dana Holderson taking on his former team. The West Virginia Mountaineers kicked off 6 p.m. Thursday. At TD ECU Stadium. Expect an unforgettable night of college football action, blackout games celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. We're running a special. You get tickets to three games for only $66. West Virginia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State. All you have to do is go to uhcougars.com slash tickets or call 713-GO-COOGS. Come early, be loud, and wear black. Giving away a pair of tickets right now to caller number 7, 713-780-3776. Caller number 7 going to see Houston, West Virginia in a Big 12 matchup Thursday at 6. It's going to be a great night for, uh, for some football. Don't have baseball to worry about either. All right, let's hand out some game balls. Blankers, who are you giving a game ball to? I'm going to give one to
1: Fred Werner right off the top for the 49ers. Dude was all over the field yet again. Bosa gets a lot of credit, most of the credit on that defense, but my goodness, if you watched any of that game last night or saw the highlights, the dude was a one-man wrecking crew from recovering fumbles and, and putting pressure in the backfield and making tackles He's a special player, and he's part of a special defense. And That Niners football team is damn good and made a statement last night.
0: Yeah, that was a whooping. <laughs> that was a whooping. I had it on on my uh, computer, and which is kind of great. Like, look at it between innings and stuff. What a dominating performance. Like, Cowboy fans cannot – and the Cowboys, I still think, are a playoff team. But I don't know yeah. how you can be a Cowboy fan. and think you can contend for the NFC this year. After that, We nailed
1: it. I mean, they're a good football team, but yeah. there's one level higher than them in the NFC, and there's only two teams on it, and that's the Eagles and the Niners. And what a big game that's going to be, I think, in November when those two teams play because they're the two best teams in the NFC, head and shoulders above everybody else.
0: I gave a couple of guys offensive game balls, too, for the Niners. Brock Purdy continues to shine. He threw four touchdown passes yesterday. Unbelievable. Three of them to George Kittle. So, Purdy, George Kittle, game balls as well. I'm giving a game ball to the Colts' best running back yesterday. Zach Moss, his teammate gets paid, but it's Zach Moss that runs for 165 yards, two touchdowns on 23 carries. A game ball to Zach Moss, outshining the big money man, Jonathan Taylor, and beating the uh, Titans. Colts, I know they don't have their quarterback. Colts look like they can also make a run at this AFC South title. No, the Colts actually, again, it, it's, it's going to be...
1: The fact that, one, they were smart enough this time to just get a veteran backup quarterback capable of starting that's going to have to carry them yet again. But at least it's not the swings and the misses on veterans because the rest of that roster was already pretty good. And you mentioned Moss, but you get Leonard back now for a full season because he missed so much time a year ago, and that's like actually getting an extra big-time player on your defense. They have a really solid roster and in a really bad division. They can do something.
0: Ocho says, my game balls go to Mr. Adam Thielen. I saw he was on page for like 100-and-something catches again this year. Uh, Devon, A-Chan as well for carrying my fantasy team yesterday. A-Chan got hurt. A little knee injury. Uh, his dad is kind of up in the air. Before he did, though. Uh, he's a freak. Shout out for Ben Marshall. I was going to give him a game ball as well. Ocho, 11 carries, 151 yards, and a touchdown. The next-gen stats, which they track like speed. Go mm-hmm. figure. They spack, they, 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 they're able to... Um, Measure speed. He has like two or three of the top five highest speeds in the NFL this year. He's a track star that's also really good at football. Devon, a I,
2: I saw DJ enemy get arguments over the weekend about uh, was he Tyreek.
0: I know he quote tweets people. Yeah, with uh, what was the argument?
2: Who's faster, Tyreek or Han?
0: Who what was DJ side?
2: DJ, HN,
0: uh, uh, HN. I think I, mean, I think he measures right. speed. I mean, you can measure it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think like they were saying like an 100 yard dash. Okay. Which like I think I think it's still HM. Probably. Cuz he also does it consistently still.
0: I think it's like, I think it is HM.
2: I would really like to see it.
0: It'd be I don't yeah, it would be kind of fun. Maybe they can run in the
2: Olympics while they're out there playing flag football in 2028 cuz that's happening. What? Yes. Flag football is going to be an Olympic sport in 2028 in LA.
0: That's kind of fun.
2: Tyreek Hill is tweeting uh all the NFL players Let's get, let's get a gang going.
0: If that would be ridiculous. If there's I saw a, that. It. If there's a certain amount of NFL players going up against, like, UK's best seven flag football players, yeah. that would be a massacre. pretty awesome. My goodness, that would be unfair. And I think, C- I think C.J.
2: Stroud is the perfect flag football no, quarterback. No, I don't
0: want C.J. Stroud participating in this. I don't either. No, I don't want that. This yeah, is but, fun to watch without any of your players. But just this like is going to be more
1: for guys that, like, don't want to play NFL football anymore but still are blazing quick. Like, Jerry Rice would love to be a part of this, but he's too old now. But I'm saying guys that are recently retired are going to come back. Like, the three-on-threes and all that. They're going to yeah, come back just to try and get an Olympic But medal. the
0: three-on-three that play in the Olympics are, like, 25-year-olds. It's, it's like Robbie yeah, Hummel. serious, but they're not, uh, like, NBA caliber. He Hummel play, did it? I think Robbie, so what's Robbie, the Robbie the Hummel, Hummel
1: played it? in it the first What's the kid from Utah that scored all the points for all those years from BYU? Jimmer? Jimmer. Van Horn. Jimmer. Jimmer is, like, he went big on that 3-on-3 three three now. He's, he's still scoring from everywhere. All
0: right. Who are you giving a game ball to here, Joe? Or uh, Blankers? I
1: uh, already one, gave one.
0: No, I, no, I didn't. Oh, Joe no, I did. Then. I already
1: gave one. Joe has one.
2: Um, can I go back to Thursday? Sure. DJ Moore. That guy is awesome.
0: <laughs> First time right. he can flex with a bear what in a while. What you play for? He,
2: the, the Bears.
0: Oh, yeah. That's right.
2: He, he's so good. But And then with that, I'm just going to go to an old bear. David Montgomery, what he's doing in Detroit, yeah. like he, he's right. a game changer for them.
1: He's incredible. How about A.J. Epinesa?
2: Oh, Epinesa? Epinesa. He's good.
1: Oh, my goodness. I mean, he comes in and just every single play, he had his hand on the football, knocking down passes. He had two sacks. Every time they mentioned him and showed his last play, he made another play. He was
0: huge for Buffalo. And they had some dudes hurt, too. Like, they needed him to play well. Well, they still lost, though. I don't give game balls to losers. It's one of the rules I have. You're on a losing team. You're not getting a Branham game ball. That's fair. Uh, That is fair. Jamar Chase. He's so good. He said he's always open and he wasn't lying. 15 catches, 192 yards, and two touchdowns. What a stupid game he was by incredible. Jamar Chase. He was That's insane. He was incredible. What a stat line for Burrow Jamar Chase. Good too. Who's that? Joey Burrow. Yeah. I could look good with Jamar Chase catching okay. 15 well, then catches you should, for a they, they should have looked look good this, for the last couple of weeks. More. Look how good. I hit my target. I, I not hit that that camera. Was the camera. What's that? Please don't hit a camera. I wasn't close to the target. I tried to hit the uh, the arm thing. Uh, Travis Etienne. He's game good. ball in, in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. 26 carries, 136 yards, two scores. And he tweeted after the game that he was playing himself in fantasy football. That's funny. Travis Etienne, that, that's, that goes to show you, because there's two players. There's Well, Travis Etienne is one side of the spectrum. And then Calvin Ridley's the other side of the spectrum. Ridley bets on teams in the NFL. Travis Etienne has a huge game when he's playing himself in fantasy football. I trust Travis Etienne to uphold the integrity of the game at all costs. That's true. He's, a, he's he's he has integrity, Travis Etienne.
1: He's a damn good football player. He looks like he bulked up a little bit too. He still got his quickness, but I was surprised because last year and he when he was dinged up and everything, he looked kind of slight of build, more you know college footbally, but not ready for the NFL. He looks thicker and stronger this year, and it's obviously working out for him very well. Jalen
0: Carter, defensive rookie of the year, so good. Couple sacks for the. I think that was a statement game for the Eagles defensively. Offense didn't look great, but the Rams. I think they scored in their first two drives. And then they were great defensively the rest of the way. Still have questions about the Eagles, but I think there was a bit of a statement on the defensive. Yeah, end. Yeah, I mean, look
2: what Cooper Cup comes off the injured list and goes eight for one eighteen.
0: Yeah, yep.
2: But like five, five, of those catches were on the first drive.
0: They were really good so first like, two possessions.
1: I mean, I mean that Zach was cleaning it all over early, and then just
0: what else you got? Game balls. Zach Moss. Game boss. you Zach... missed you missed that.
2: I mean, I was doing the giveaway. Yeah, he
0: was my first game ball. Well, I, I agree. He's my first game ball. How about Travis Kelsey? 10 catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown as he was gutting through, playing through, not a hurt ankle, but a hurt heart because Taylor Swift wasn't there. What a performance them. without Taylor Swift don't in said attendance. She didn't want to go to Minneapolis. Probably, I don't blame her. I don't blame her either.
2: Minneapolis sucks.
0: They have lots of lakes. It's not
2: bad. When, you're, when your entire building has to be connected by Skyways because it's well, so cold. In the wintertime, it sucks. Yeah, so 80% of the year.
0: And if you have two cities, you don't have one. It's true. Dallas and Arlington Minneapolis there you go. St. Paul. If there you have two go. cities, you don't have one. Any other game balls? I got one that I'm saving for the end. Go ahead. Did I miss a Brees Hall? No, you didn't miss a Brees Hall. Brees
2: Hall was awesome. No, my Jets. game ball
0: in that game, though, goes to Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, yeah. 400 yards of offense with Zach Wilson after Paul Blart. Called you out in the offseason? Did you see that they, they, they tweeted that this Nathaniel. morning? Yeah, it was hilarious. Very good. <laughs> game ball. And yeah, Nathaniel I was wrong hacking. in that game. I'll admit it. Yeah, that's right. I wanted to play the Jets. You know, wouldn't let me in BZ no, money. I was wrong. I'll admit it. It's good. It's I, admirable. Admirable trait.
2: I, just, I would never go
0: for a Jets bet ever. Should have. This was this was the Nathaniel was Hackett the revenge one. game. Yeah, Nathaniel and plus they looked pretty good against the Chiefs. This is they were they're they're going to finish strong. All right, we got to get to our car wreck of the day presented by carwrecktexas.com. What are you nominating for car wreck of the day and a couple of astro nuggets too. Like who is DHing in game 3? Who do you want it to be? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 975 and ESPN 925. One thing that you need in your life, I hope this doesn't happen to you, but if it does, if you get into a car wreck, today the weather's good, but car wrecks don't discriminate. If you get into a car wreck or anybody that you know gets into a car wreck, you need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm as quickly as possible. Don't hesitate about paying them lots of money. You won't pay them a dime until you win your case.
1: Yeah, no need for hesitation because there's everything that you can imagine and more to take care of a customer in a car wreck situation at Hollingsworth Law Firm. My good friend, uh, whose Spanish is his first language, had some real apprehension about talking to anybody from a law firm because he didn't think that he was going to get all of his points across and get, therefore, what he deserved. Well, they're bilingual. And and I talked to Steve and their staff. They got him all hooked up. They took care of everything with his case. It was the other person's fault. They're going to make sure that he gets everything that he deserves from his, his truck being repaired to 100% to where it was before the accident to making sure all of his injuries are taken care of and all of his medical bills, too. They take care of their customers. They're in their corner, and they're going to fight with you and make sure that you win and you don't pay unless you do.
0: Don't let the insurance companies run all over you. Call Hollingsworth Law Firm right now for a free consultation. 713-999-8773, write it down, 713-999-8773, or head to their website, CarWreckTexas.com, that's CarWreckTexas.com. Do you want to save money? Listen up. I'm a homeowner. Most of you are homeowners as well, so we can all relate that home insurance rates are bonkers. 30 40 50%, even higher increases. It's ridiculous. Super expensive, too. How do you stop all of that? I'm about to tell you. Grab your phone right now because you're about to text TGS Insurance Agency. TGS is the fastest-growing agency in Texas. Why? Because they make saving you money fast and easy. We like to hear, save me money, do it fast, and make it easy. They're instant-quoting system system shops the market for you so you don't have to and delivers you a proposal in 15 seconds like i said it is fast you can't afford to wait any longer stop paying those crazy insurance rates the time to save is right now all you need to do is take the phone take t- text the word money m o n e y to 232323 23 23. the tgs system will ask for your address just send that back and you'll get your proposal with excellent coverage within 15 seconds it's easy TGS is winning for people everywhere, all the way to Beaumont, Cyprus, Katy, the Woodlands, up the coast, everywhere. TGS customers save big money. Over 35,000 of your neighbors in the area trust TGS, and with thousands of five-star reviews, you can trust TGS, too. It's simple, it's fast, it's easy, and they're going to save you big. That's why TGS is the gold standard. All you have to do is text money to 232323. 23 23. Don't be left paying more. Get your savings right now. Text money to twenty three twenty three twenty three.
1: Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the killer bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.
0: Boom! Christian Javier on the mound tomorrow. We want to have a show tomorrow. I'll be at Little Woodrow's. Uh, Wednesday, collectively, is a show. We'll be at Wakefield Crowbar to watch the game, do a little Branham blank cast, killer B cast during the game. So come hang out with us, Wakefield Crowbar, during the game on Wednesday. Everybody else will be there, too. Just Great our time our own, to be own head watch party home. for the Beast. Come by and watch the game with us. Come hang out with us. Christian Javier on the mound. Sonny Gray will be pitching for the Twins, who's been unbelievable. Javier, as we all know, has been up and down. Uh, Dusty Baker met with the media earlier today. Had some nuggets here. How do you feel about this? Yonder Diaz will DH tomorrow against Sonny Gray. Michael Brantley will not. He'll be back in there for game four, though, uh, Dusty said. Don't
1: like it. Don't like it at all. If Michael Brantley is what he says he is and he was 100% to start the playoffs and he's still getting base hits and having good at-bats and he's facing a veteran pitcher that's really good – and he's not left-handed, I would go with Michael Brantley.
0: Yeah, this is not a great matchup for Yiner. Sonny Gray kind of – he that really. I saw the Astros Locker post this on Twitter the other day, yesterday, talking about how Sonny Gray's arsenal, like a lot of sweepers, a lot of breaking stuff away from the plate, something that Yiner struggles with. Sonny Gray's numbers are better against righties than they are lefties not not a fan of Yiner DSDHing over Michael Brantley if I'm being completely honest with you. Uh, and, and Dusty already making that decision. Also he was asked about Verlander services in a potential game 4 depending on the situation. Uh, Dusty said they're still trying to figure it out. Justin Verlander probably not an option. I don't want Justin don't Verlander either. to pitch even if you're down 2-1. I don't either.
1: I, I think you've got enough capable arms that, that you've already seen in the bullpen. You've got some long guys that you know, are going to be used in the bullpen that are going to be available to give you some outs. But I, I want to give yourself, as much as you know you, it's a must-win, you could be in a must-win situation, and that's the only reason why you'd be considering it, To give yourself any shot in a Game 5, you need Justin Verlander at 100% strength, and I'm not going to risk him there.
0: Now, Fromber would be available on short rest, but Fromber didn't really inspire any confidence with his performance yesterday. Plus, I'm pretty anti-guys pitching on three days rest almost always, so... Look, win tomorrow. If you don't win tomorrow, figure out a way to win offensively with probably a combination of Verkity and JP France and a bullpen day uh, heading into a Game Five. But trying to get it back home for Friday's matchup against what we expected to be the probables, Justin Verlander and Pablo Lopez. You like uh, Javi's chances tomorrow? I think Javi's going to be okay. I-, I think that you know he he's shown in the past, no matter
1: what he's done to be up and down this year. He's been really good in the playoffs. I don't think that he's going to have any jitters or any of that stuffs going to get to him. And I think that he's going to he's going to get you into the, in the fifth, sixth inning, and you're you're going to be in a game. I just have a feeling they're going to get to Sonny Gray. I know that Sonny Gray has had their number, but I just feel like. This team still steps up in big moments, and I feel like for some reason they're going to get to Sonny Gray early. They're going to get on the board early, and I feel like they're going to be in it, and I think they're going to win it.
0: Yeah, they, he's been better lately. Hopefully he continues to look like that, and hopefully they can get to, uh, to Sonny Gray uh, tomorrow. That's going to, be, it's going to be big. Game three is big, trying to be one of their better two pitchers, and you couldn't do that with Pablo Lopez. All right, let's get to our Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. CarWreckTexas.com <laughs> You right? My leg is broken. The oh, bone's coming see. through. Me me ah! I'll give you a fucking money, you prick. Where's my fucking money? This is the Car Wreck of the Day, brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. All right, Blankers, what are you nominating for our Car Wreck of the Day? You can get your nominations into too. 713-780-3776. 713 do, 780 Do I do? I've got a couple. But one of, one of
1: them I was tipped off by you guys, too. And then I read about it during the break. How does Mario Cristobal not get nominated?
0: Good call. He, it's a great call. He should be absolutely nominated. He's owning it today,
1: but there's no excuse for what What's, happened yesterday.
0: I mean, what is he saying? My fault? Yeah, like, my fault. They yeah, said it was that your he's, fault.
1: He's never gone into the victory formation in all five games this season. And that you, as you guys said, it's not something he believes in. He better start believing in it soon.
0: That's that. Those are excuses. <laughs> like that's one of the most egregious coaching errors we've seen in modern football. And that's not hyperbolic. The clock was rolling under 40 seconds to play. You put it on a knee and it's game over. You didn't. You fumble. Questionable if he was down or not. And Haynes King leads the Jackets right down the field. to One of the biggest collapses we've seen in a very, very long time. What was your other nomination?
1: Fromber. Fromber wasn't Fromber. (laughs) Fromber wasn't ace-worthy, you know, type of guy that we thought he was and he has been. And in a big moment, he did not step up big. And I think that most Astros fans would agree. That, you know, with him not having his A game and getting down 3 nothing early, that really kind of puts you at a disadvantage. You saw what you were going up against. I thought he would have been better, and he
0: wasn't. Fromber's a good nomination. Nine two four zero. car wreck of the day. Martin Maldonado coming up in clutch situation and not doing diddly-poo. I, well, I agree. Maldi's not the reason. They, Fromber's far more reason they lost yesterday than Maldi. Um, I'm going to go with a couple of uh, D'Amico Ryan's ones here. 12 men on the field after a timeout. That's not Mario Crystal Ball bad. You can't have 12 guys on the field after a timeout, especially. And then also the offsides penalties. Four offside penalties. Texas defense was swarming too much.
2: I was going to go with that one. I'll also add one for seven with runners in scoring position mm. in yesterday's game. It's not great. It's not
0: good. It's not very good at all. One for seven, you said?
2: we got a lot of nominations. Yeah, we uh, do. We a have lot a lot of lot. good choices. Yep.
0: Here's yeah. one from uh, Arlington, Dallas. Oh, go away. He said he nominates Poor Marine on our Twitch. That's the car wreck of the day. He's not nice.
1: Mm.
0: Eh, it depends on who you That's ask. That's kind
1: of a general statement. There's not. A, I would think there would be more specifics there. But
0: All right, so Poor Marine is nominated for our car wreck of the day. 713 780 3776. I'm sure some people wanted to nominate uh, the Minute Made Part Faithful yesterday. Ridiculous. Uh, King of Twitch's car wreck of the day, Jeremy Branham's Red Toro takes. He's calling me a homer, I guess. So I've been nominated by King of Twitch. Oh, boy. What's that?
1: King of Twitch doing that. I mean, come on, man. What's he, wrong with that? Because he's always hypercritical of us when we talk positive about the Texans. I
0: mean, you'd rather sit there and bitch about him all day? I don't mind being nominated. Joe was nominated. Joe won twice last week. I won twice. Yeah, we're we're fair game. The the Twitchers shouldn't discriminate, even against the host. I think we're all... Oh, they don't. uh, We're definitely on the table. Uh, 4661 Jimbo nominated. Burning Mm -hmm. a timeout just to kick a field goal from the five. So there's, there's three that are in play for Jimbo here. Burning a timeout to kick a field goal from the five. Electing not to go for it, fourth and one, and later saying in his press conference, "If it was fourth and less than one, we probably would have went for it." I don't mind the onside kick as much, but two timeouts, time out. two minutes, kicks the onside kick. I don't mind that one as much. I think the other two are far more egregious than uh, than the onside kick. Like I can I can understand wanting to get the football back as quickly as possible. Although I think it's fair to uh, to bring that one up. All right, so our nominations for our car wreck of the day 12 men on the field Jimbo offside penalties Mario Cristobal Fromber one for seven with runners in scoring position and poor Marine who are y'all voting for
1: I think it's a no-brainer I think it's Mario Cristobal Joe
0: I'm going to agree with that I am too it's famous <laughs> what a joke that was the, if that's not the car wreck of the day. That's the car wreck of the, of the year. What's the point of the decade. Yeah, what's yeah. the point of the segment if that doesn't win? Congratulations, Mario Cristobal. Car Del. wreck of the day, presented by Car Wreck Texas. I think Dell's happy. Presented by Car wreck, You get into an accident, call Hollingsworth Law Firm, 713 999 8773. Car CarWreckTexas.com. Car it for us. We're going to be off tomorrow. Uh, I'll be at Little Woodrow's, though, hanging out. Then Wednesday as a show. We're going to be at Wakefield Crowbar uh, during the Astros game as well. It's going to do it for us. Thanks to Joe doing all the hard work. He's blank on Branham. Talk to you tomorrow, Houston. The bullpen and Joe George up next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.